0: So I, I, I look at that now and I just can't believe we missed such a glaring admission to the team that here we are on a podcast called the Shock Absorber Podcast <laughs> and we're talking about shock absorber church planning, which is all about bringing old people and young people together to plant churches together and because we'd gone with this theme of let's just invite people to think about whether they want to choose to come along, we hadn't asked any young people to join the team and as it turned out it was just adults who joined the team and there weren't any teenagers or young adults In the team, so we actually missed that because we didn't have a youth coordinator who probably would have said, "Hey, where's the youth in our church?"
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shock Resolver Podcast. Uh, It is very exciting to have you with us and to have us in your. Uh, ears or in your eyes as well, if you're watching <laughs> it on the video. <laughs> um, uh, we are here at a very cold Sauravov, Kiriwi, and um, probably one of the downsides, Stu, co-host, how are you? Sorry. Yes, good. Thanks, Joe. Uh, one of the downsides that we have in being in a factory here at Kiriwi is it gets very cold. It does get cold. Yes, you have a very warm jacket on today. Yes, I do. Is yes. that your um, uh, your uh, Sharky's jacket? It's your an there? NRL well-being jacket, though. Because uh, yeah, you're part Sharky's. of that team.
0: Well, yes. Yeah, so I'm the chaplain to Cronulla Sharks. Yes, is that an exciting thing to do? Do you like? Yeah, to, do you get to fun. meet all the footy players. <laughs> yeah. I meet some footy players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're in the uh, in the NRL in Australia, we have uh, a rugby league uh, wellbeing team mm. that looks after all the players, and part of those teams are chaplains. So yeah, I'm part of the chaplain. Te- I'm a chaplain in the wellbeing team for Cronulla Sharks.
1: Yeah, right. And what's the like your ideal, or what's your um, role in that? What do you have to do? Mm. Well, it's it's player support. It's, um,
0: it's particularly supporting all the players, but particularly um, if there are players with faith. And there's many of them in the NRL, uh, particularly cool. those with the Pacifica background. So, yeah, supporting them. Yeah, awesome. And you, you love doing it? together. I oh, love it. Yeah, we meet lots of good people. Yeah, that's cool. A lot
1: of uh, people at our church like that you work for the Sharks yeah, as well. Yeah, well, it's a pretty popular team around in, our neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Now, um, uh, we always like to start, well, we often like to start an episode with uh, talking about a movie that relates to where Soul Revolved Church was at. Um, do you have a movie for us today? Well, Stuart?
0: actually, I don't only have a movie for us today, Joel. I have a whole series of movies. Oh, right. Because I was thinking, as we're talking about trying to uh, plant churches quickly and cheaply, I thought maybe, is there a movie franchise that has that theme? And I thought of Fast and Furious. <laughs> So I don't know how cheap they are to produce, but... <laughs> See, I was
1: going to say, they make a lot of money, I think. Mean. They do, yeah. I think. Maybe they they because they are cheap. No, well,
0: maybe that's cheap. where the comparison ends, because we don't make a lot of money. But oh. they're fast and they're furious. So we're into trying... Th- this uh, part of the podcast, in the next couple of episodes, we're looking at how quickly can we plant churches and how fast can we do ministry. So fast and furious church planning. there you go. Right.
1: Have you seen all... I think we're up to number nine's about to come out. Have you seen all nine? I, I actually haven't seen one in total. I haven't even seen... <laughs> <laughs> One of the movies in total. Well, I'm so glad you applied it to <laughs> oh, this week's podcast. I know,
0: but it's F9's coming out and apparently it's, it's causing a stir. And yes, I think the is. rock's in
1: it. Is that right? Uh, yes, and I think John Cena, another wrestler. So okay. they just brought a adding, movie with a wrestler. Adding Wrestling, wrestlers. In yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, I did see a
0: short where a truck that was like a B double that had like two or three trailers on the back flipped over. So it didn't right. look very realistic. Is that is that why
1: you're trying to apply to how
0: church went for us? <laughs> well, some of our experiments haven't been super realistic yet, and some of them have. So the fun yeah. of the next couple of episodes is to, to look at some of the things that we've discovered and also some of the mistakes we've made. And uh, really looking forward to telling the story because it's been an adventure.
1: Yeah, because we kind of started that on the last episode talking about how we planted our third gathering, which was on a Sunday morning, and some of the things that we learned from that, and also scaling ministry teams to be able to have the capacity to have three services. As we went into 2017, could you um, kind of position us and tell us where where we were at at that time as a church?
0: Mm. Yeah, so uh, we were... We, we were expanding the number of gatherings we were having at the Kiriwi site here at Kiriwi uh, with the factory mm. and our bishop actually talked to us uh, one day and said, look, you guys could keep uh, expanding in Kiriwi but have you thought about planning more churches as well and thinking of more uh, campuses? And so we, we took uh, his comments on board and we had a good think about it and he thought that Even though it was great that Soul Revival was growing, he originally was the one who told us that there's 250,000 people who live in our area and Mm. only 1% of them go to church, Mm. maybe 4% at the most, depending on what sort of metrics you use. And that's not a lot of people, really. And even though Soul Revival by this stage had grown to, to, uh, you know, two or three hundred people, there was just so many people to reach. And the bishop was saying, why don't we keep planting churches because we want to see our existing churches grow and we want to keep planting more churches. So we took that on board. We talked to the parish council, our council at Soar Revival, and we had a big discussion as a whole church leadership team about did we feel like we had the resources and the leadership to be able to stretch again to try and plant what would in effect be a fourth gathering, but this one off-site.
1: And we thought we'd give it a go. When um, the bishop brought that question to you, were you originally thinking that that's where the direction of the church would head even planting more uh, locations yeah not not to start off with no
0: right. we we were just thinking of planting a
1: church so it was a new th- thought to have yeah yeah and how does that um how does that work in a in <coughs> excuse me in different areas that you're trying to look about where you should actually plant how does how does that work in the Anglican system and, and do you have to be careful of not trading on people's patches and those kind of things? Yeah,
0: well in the Anglican system we've divided uh, up Sydney into what we
1: call parishes
0: and in the, that parish system the whole city is is covered. But when those parishes were first established the demographics were very different in terms of the numbers of people living in those parishes. So for example in uh, Guymy Anglican's parish there would have probably been, um, you know, a couple of thousand people when the church was first started seven years ago. Today there's 17,000 people. So even if we tried to reach those 17,000 people through the church at Guayamere, there would still be uh, a real difficulty fitting them all in the building even if, if lots, lots of those people came along. So we, we were thinking that it was time to continue to church plant. We have an organisation in our denomination called the ENC. So we felt like working with ENC and local ministers it would be a good thing to see if there were any ministers in the shire who would be okay with us planting another church what was considered to be within their parish. And so we, um, we talked to Cronulla Anglicans Minister Rich Wendon and I went and had a coffee with Rich and talked about the idea we had about planting a, um, a church not in Cronulla itself but in the adjoining suburb of Woolaware which was still in his parish so to speak. And Rich was very gracious and he said, yeah, that'd be fine. And we talked over the coffee that rather than trying to compete with the different churches there, we wanted to sort of somehow work out how could we build an ecosystem of ministry in the area and we could all work together. So part of, part of the conversation was how could we plan a church in Woolaware and part of the conversation was also is there anything uh, that we at Soul Revival can do in partnership with Cronulla Anglican to work together in ministry. And so Rich Said, uh, yeah, planning in Woolaware was was fine, and would it be something you could consider to help us with our youth group because they didn't have a youth group at the time, okay. and because we've had so much experience with youth ministry over the years, uh, we said yeah. So I actually um, offered to go down myself on a Friday night with a couple of our youth leaders, and for a year uh, I went down on a Friday night with our youth leaders, and we plan a church with rich and the team down at cronola and they had a team down at cronola too and it was a really fun year we had three or four youth leaders from cronola 2 or 3 from Soul Revival and we worked together on Friday night and where there wasn't a youth group by the end of the year there was probably about 12 teenagers that were coming along so oh, that was really fun.
1: That's really really cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was That must be um is that uh, pretty rewarding for you to put in that effort like with just a few people from both churches and be able to see that that people yeah. would be able to come along to a yeah, youth Yeah, it group? was.
0: And and we well, I was really blessed by you guys because the rest of the leadership team at Saw Revival blessed that initiative because of the idea of working together. Over many years Saw Revival's been trying to network with other Christian ministries and we've really enjoyed the, the amount we've learned and received from that as well as being able to provide and And I think some of our leaders that went down to Cronulla got way more out of it than even Cronulla Anglican did in terms of how they grew in that experience and so yeah it was just a really really fun thing to do together and Rich and I are friends so it was really good to grow that friendship uh, through that too. So, yeah, it was fun.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So we kind of like got the, you've got the big items ticked off whether you, you're going to choose to plant off-site. So obviously um, backing of the church, we got the Sorrow Revival Council, we agreed to that, and yep, the wardens. That's right. And yeah. uh, we got an area, yep, kind of yeah. Yep, and then yep. um, chatting with the people that are around in that area. What was the next thing we needed? I'm guessing that we probably needed someone to actually... Uh, run it
0: (laughs) yeah well that's that's a good leading because like I didn't actually go around and talk to other ministers other than the Anglican minister of the area but we were uh, because we were going to plan a new church we put on a new staff member and that new staff member was Jai McMorty and we uh, interviewed Jai and Jai came on staff and when one of the things that Jai did before we actually planted the church was to talk to some of the other denominations as well so that we could talk about being uh, friendly with the other denominations and he also started Getting involved with the local scripture, but when we did, when Jai did scripture in the high school and in the primary school, he was encouraging the children and the teenagers to go to Cronola Anglican as we'd started that new youth group. So that was a really lovely partnership that we were able to set up with Jai.
1: Yeah, cool. Well, Jai's no real stranger to us, is he? Really, because he's been around since we've known him at Me Anglican. Do you want to give us a little bit more background on him yeah, and, and yeah. where he where he's been and where he's come from?
0: Yeah. So the the beginning of Jai's story, well, you know when. I met Jai was back in the late 1990s when <laughs> Jai came along as a teenager to Soul Revival uh, one night as a non-Christian teenager. He'd um, just been up the pub actually and was walking past the past the church and thought he'd go in and see what was going on and yep. sat up the back and and actually I was giving a talk at the time um, describing and explaining the gospel and and uh, Jai decided to become a Christian that night and he became a Christian and that was lovely. And then Jai went on to be a youth leader at our youth program and then he actually went and trained at SMBC and later at Moore College and became a minister and he's now an ordained minister. So after he'd been a minister with us for a while at Guy Me, he moved to Helensburg for a few years, uh, which is down further south from us and then further south again and in a place called Nowra. Mm -hmm. Jai served there for a while. So over the last seven years before he came back, as our church planning pastor, he'd been ministering in those other two churches. So when we thought we'd put on a church planning pastor, we invited him to think about it, and he was really keen. And Joy and Christine and the kids uh, moved up to Soul Revival as the church planning pastors.
1: It was a real pleasure to have them back in the Saw Revival fold, just because he, he would be a really influential mm. part of my life, being a youth leader at Guy Mir, um, leading all the way from... I, I mean, I'd known him since we were in... Year, I was in year nine when I first met him, and he'd been my leader for a long time. So it's cool to have him back. He also understands what we're trying to do around all-stage age, all stage ministry. Yeah, he's very committed to that. And all that kind of stuff, so that's really cool. Okay, so we've got a leader, and we've got an area, and people to, people mainly agreeing what we're going to do. What's the next step?
0: Well, our early thought was that instead of tapping people on the shoulder and asking them to go to plant this new church we thought we would do what we'd done with our Friday night and our Sunday morning gathering and just put it out to the church, is anyone interested in helping with the Woolaware group? And 25 people put their hand up and said, yeah, we'd be really interested to be a part of the launch team. And so that group of people got together and we decided to uh, greenhouse those people. And we talked at an earlier episode that greenhousing is like when you have got a plant and you put it in a pot in a greenhouse, gives it a chance to develop root systems and go stronger so that by the time you plant it out in the full sun in the garden, it's a bit stronger and healthier. So the idea we had was let's get our launch team and greenhouse them and help them to connect and think about through what we were trying to do together. And when they were ready, then we'd plant the church. That was the idea.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but we wanted to make sure that this wasn't... a siloed campus from away from where we were originally, where we still are at Kirawee. We wanted to be still part of Sore Church, but just at a different location. Yeah. What did we do in that sense to try and uh, ensure that didn't happen?
0: Yeah, so one of the things we first said with the original launch team back in 2011 is that even though our team will get bigger and more diverse, we wanted to be one team mm-hmm. and we'd work together as a church, as you said. And so what we went through with the launch team were two things. First of all, the launch team came from Soul Revival, so they were already uh, Soul Revival members. And then secondly, that team went through again together our theology, which is summarised by Jesus changes everything, our strategy, all age, all stage strategy of the church to uh, share the truth and love of Jesus person to person, generation to generation, culture to culture and place to place. And then thirdly, the team looked at practical mission and discipleship at Woolaware that would be the same and different. So we had the same DNA, the same community. And then on top of that, we talked about having certain things during the year that we all gathered around. So we already were gathering around Easter and Christmas as a whole church. We also had our week away in the middle of the year where the whole church went away on holidays together once a year. And so those three things were things we thought would also help the Woolaware team stay connected. But we also had... um, uh, intention that instead of just sending out Woolaware as a daughter plant, if Sorrelvival Kiriwi was like the mother church and then sending out a daughter church, uh, the mother-daughter church model is that the daughter church then has to um, make it pretty much on their own. Come self-sustaining it. Yeah, yeah, self-sustaining. And about 80% of mother-daughter churches don't actually succeed because the resources aren't there for that right. group, particularly when we add a smaller group like we did with 25 uh, we all already um, had thought that through. And so instead of doing the mother-daughter plant, we thought we would do the spoke and hub model. Sorry, the hub and spoke model, <laughs> which we talked about last week. Yeah. The hub and spoke model was let's use Kirowe, particularly Saturday night, as like a hub for the ministry. And then the, the Woolaware church would be like a spoke of that. And so we talked about that with the Woolaware team and the rest of the church at the same time. Preparing everyone for this new reality where we'd have a fourth service, but this would be the first one off site.
1: Okay, and is that sense? Does that help share resources and like the larger, the larger Kiriwe supposedly hub can support uh, different spokes in the way that it needs to?
0: Yeah, well, the whole, instead of just the 25 people raising the wage for Jai, we had uh, 225 or yep. however many giving uh, people that we had. Uh, So that was one example, but we also had our 10 service teams. And so we'd already scaled up our ministries into our 10 service teams where our volunteers were organised into things like kids and youth, arts, communication, hospitality, welcoming, you know, all these different ministries. And we had central coordinators in charge of each of those ministries and gathering coordinators working in teams. And so all we really needed to do was find enough people to be gathering coordinators of those 10 service teams for Woolaware and that system would be still expandable and that's why the hub and spoke model is really good if you've got some kind of expandable leadership model.
1: Yep, that makes a lot of sense. So, <coughs> sorry, excuse. I've got a lot of coffee. I had a lot of, I had some grilled before <laughs> before we recorded this podcast. I was getting stuck in my throat. Um, we were obviously greenhousing, as you said. Yep, building up um, uh, the gathering in order to get ready to actually plant it. But um, I think that you said that you revisited the five L's model. Is that correct? Is that was yeah, that was from yeah. Geneva, wasn't Geneva, it? Geneva. Yeah, we went to that
0: uh, that conference once where they talked about the five L's you need to start a church. And yep. I think I think there was launch a te- uh, leader is the which we had with Jai. Jai is the leader. Yep. We had a launch team of twenty five people. Yep. We uh, the model says you need lots of money. Well, well, the hub and spoke model covers that because the whole church could pay for the rent of the new premises the new things we'd need to buy for wool but also the yeah the finances for Jai. so that was covered the location well we again in the greenhouse we identified that as one of the issues that we needed to work out how are we going to find a location and the other thing is the legals well the legals was covered again by the hub church and we were able to cover off on insurance and things like that mm. but coming back to the location the launch team together started looking around for different locations that we could meet. We couldn't find anything in Woolaware that we could meet in that was similar to the factory. So we thought we'd bite the bullet and try a school Okay, and meet in a school hall. Yep. That's where we went with that.
1: Um, I was going to ask, though, it was, I, like, I like to always find out the alternate view sometimes is that obviously we went and decided to go ahead with a fourth gathering. Was there some opposition to that? Did people think that we didn't have enough... People, did we think that we were spread too thin? Yeah, definitely. So I think, and what
0: will probably come out in this podcast is I think we're a bit naive on some of those things. We were fast and furious and (laughs) trying to to really, we were excited about experimenting. So this was an experiment. Um, One of the things we like to do at Soul Revival is build a bridge to a new reality. Mm. So we kept everything going at Kiriwi as usual and we found a group of people that we would support and care for so that they wouldn't get burnt by uh, anything going wrong, but At the same time, if things didn't work out at Wulaway, they could come back into Kiriwi and that'd be fine. But having said that, we thought, let's experiment and try some new things. So the prevailing logic is that you probably are best to plant with 50 people, not 25, because 50 people is more likely to grow quicker and more likely to survive. And I think that's correct. But what we thought we would do is, um, we'd already planted Sol Revival itself in 2011 with just 30 people, and we planted... Friday with just 15 and we planted Sunday morning with 25 so we wanted to test to see if they were just flukes or if there was some other thing going on there or if that was something we could achieve going forward so with the 25 people though I think we probably were too too few to start off with so I think there was a bit of discussion in the leadership team about that and we were a bit worried because it was there were some signs that I didn't notice enough and we didn't notice enough early on so one of them was we didn't have enough musicians who could actually go to Woolaware we were hoping that Woolaware would generate that but you know our own logic was don't plant unless we've got 10 service teams and one of them was the arts team and that's a really important one of the 10 service teams we have we think the most uh, that four of them are most important it's uh, welcoming kids hospitality for us because that's what we do our cooking with Mm -hmm. and the arts team and when we started well aware we didn't have a lot of musicians and a lot of people that can get the the music going properly and i think that was probably identified by some people but i probably could have listened better to to that feedback because as it turned out that was one of the things that stretched us a bit
1: when we started can i ask you two follow-up questions about that why those four service teams are the most important why do we see them as the most important and then secondly what is the art scene? Because it's not just – we shouldn't clarify it's not just musicians. Is that correct? Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, tell us about those four teams. What are they the most important? First? Well,
0: so and, – and I'll try and answer it with regard to Walloware too. Mm. So we, we just thought it might be too much to try and set up 10 service teams, like things like kids and youth at the same time, setting up uh, our training ministry and our community groups. We thought maybe some of those things are important, but maybe they could wait a little, like so – Kids was really important because people would come along with kids, but we had a youth ministry at Kerrowy, and we thought maybe the youth from Woolaware could go to the Kerrowy ministry, so maybe we didn't need that service team at Woolaware. We thought, well, we've got training at Kerrowy, maybe the training isn't important. So it wasn't that some of the service teams are more important than others. We just asked what what's like a skeleton staff, like what to prioritize. Prior- yeah, that's a better word. What mm. what's a priority? Yeah, and we thought of those four, but I think that was a mistake in hindsight to okay. think of it like that. Yeah, because it meant that we hit the ground rather than hitting the ground running we hit the ground scrambling so uh, the furious part was meaning we weren't going as fast <laughs> as we could have. <laughs> i think that was
1: holding us back a bit okay and then um my second question around that was uh what does the arts team encompass so who, yeah. who's what are you doing within the arts team if you are part of that team yeah so the arts team uh we we just we've just selected
0: these names. Other people can use other names yep. for things. But we again just if people are wondering what a service team is, it's just a grouping of ministries that could work together to support each other. Uh, we thought that would be helpful to have some kind of leadership and communication between the church to do that. So we have the arts team including, as I already said, the people who play music and lead us in, in singing. We have the people who do the overhead the, the proclaim mm. ministry, the digital part of the service.
1: Just to do the song the song lyrics up on the screen. Song lyrics, Bible
0: stuff. Yeah. verses, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, also, the sound engineering is part of that team. And also we've put in that team the Bible reading and the prayer and the preaching. And so, you know, that just makes sense to us that um, we put all those ministries together. And those ministries together were probably the key ministries that it would take to actually run a church, the formal part of a church service.
1: Right. And... Um, Some people possibly think that preaching and prayer shouldn't be in there. Do you want to explain why you think it belongs in that? some people have asked me why is that. Like, is arts... Again, you know, it's
0: a bit subjective. People can use whatever word they want for this kind of a team, but I like the idea that preaching is a kind of art form, that Mm. it's it's a way of taking the Word of God and helpfully explaining it to people is uh, a really important part of our gathering together. Um, Is reading the Bible an art? Well, actually... Putting effort into reading and reading well so it's clear is a bit of an art, actually, I think. Praying is an art. I don't know, maybe you could say it's not really an art form, but I get really encouraged to hear someone who's been thoughtfully preparing their prayers and then they pray um, beautifully uh, in terms of um, being sincere and honest and helpful in the way they lead God's people in prayer. So those, those things, you could call them arts, you could call them something else, but for our purposes, we just put them together in that team because that was what was bringing our formal gathering together. And as I right. said earlier, the problem with our arts team was we didn't have quite enough musicians who were available to come to the Woolaware group. We decided to put Woolaware on a Sunday afternoon. And so part of the reason people could or couldn't come was their availability uh, and we put it on a Sunday afternoon because we're um, we're already doing a Sunday morning service, and that's one of the reasons we did that. But mm. Yeah, so the arts team is th- that's pretty much what I think uh, we thought through with that.
1: Speaking on doing it on a Sunday afternoon, um, maybe we should just let people know. We always like to let people know when we at a new gathering, what kind of order we do things in. It's always a, it's always a similar. Uh, strategy as we like but the practice is slightly different Mm. so I think um, it's a little bit different on a Saturday afternoon I think it's um, still kind of a time when we start to come in and just say hey and chat to everyone do you want to run through the next the next part after that
0: yeah so in the launch team as we were greenhousing it we talked about how important it would be to have uh, a formal service we wanted to continue to have uh, a, a coffee time we wanted to continue to have a meal, mm. and so they were. They were three big things. We wanted to have kids ministry as a part of it as well, and we talked about starting earlier originally at four thirty, so kids could get home earlier. And the four thirty start uh, was with coffee and tea, and then we had you know time to chat, and we could do the kids teaching time, and then after that we did the service. And the service on Sunday afternoon was the same kind of service you would get at Kirawee. And then afterwards, we did dinner. And I think the thing that was different was doing dinner on a Sunday night in a school hall was very difficult because they just had like a little canteen. So we made the exciting decision to get a caravan. Hmm. And out of the caravan, we could serve coffee and street food. So we decided to go for a street food vibe in a school with this caravan. We got the caravan from Spitfire Caravans down in Melbourne, and we decorated it up and put We Are Revival on the side. And, and it was very exciting. And we use that to this day. It's been a great asset to our church. Yeah, because
1: we also use it at different other things where we can um, hopefully inject a bit of ministry into, yeah, <laughs> into exactly. different times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Uh, Just going back to the service teams, uh, I know that you said I really appreciate the way that you are reflecting on what didn't work. I know that across these um, the Shockers Over podcast, we've kind of talked about all the things that went really well for us. So Mm. when we start talking about something that's like, oh, actually maybe we went too hard or we just missed this or this didn't work, I think that's really cool that you you bring that up. Um, You said that we really learned that we probably need everyone from 10 service teams. Mm. Was there any other one on reflection of Woolaware and how that played out that you think we should have had prior to actually planting that service? Yeah, well,
0: we had welcoming and we we have a world team for world mission. We didn't put that one in straight away and I think we should have because okay. then straight away we would have been talking about the fact that we were into local and global mission from the very beginning. And so that was obviously something that we didn't hit the ground running on. We, we had this sense that we were reaching out to the community, but when it came to actually enacting that, uh, we didn't actually have many strategies uh, other than the fact that we thought that we'd uh, use our website, which would been quite effective in the past for introducing ourselves in the area. I think websites are like the modern door knocking. And so we thought if people in the area are looking for a church, they'd look for us on the website. Uh, but in hindsight, I think if we'd have thought about it with our world team, we would have thought that you know going to a school, that's not a third place. And one of our really important strategies mm-hmm. is – third place theory, which is that we're going to plant a church as a place where people will come and have community and come to hang out and come and do church. Uh, but people don't go to schools to hang out and have parties. They go to schools as second places in, in terms of work workplaces. So a school was like a second place, not a third place. So I think if we'd have started our world team earlier, they might have actually helped us to think that through quicker, that if we're going to reach people in their first places, their homes, uh we've got the internet we can we can use facebook we can use social media to get the word out but we can also um just be more conscious that actually the place we planted might not actually be the right place and as it turned out later we found we found that one of the reasons we think we haven't grown as much as we probably have at Kirrawee in Wallaware was uh, a lot of it was the feedback we're getting is because we're in a school and people found that um a difficult place to get to in our area of Sydney so that was the world and the welcoming team uh we had a kids team but we didn't have a youth team so i i I look at that now and i just can't believe we missed such a glaring omission to the team that here we are on a podcast called the shock absorber podcast (laughs) and we're talking about shock absorber church planting which is all about bringing old people and young people together to plant churches together and because we'd gone with this theme of let's just invite people to think about whether they want to choose to come along we hadn't asked any young people to join the team. And as it turned out, it was just adults who joined the team and there weren't any teenagers or young adults in the team. So we actually missed that because we didn't have a youth coordinator who right. probably would have said, hey, where's the youth in our church? So that was the the fourth one. Uh, our hospitality and our life support. Well, hospitality was quite big for the group. We'd set that up. But we missed the idea of the life support team. And again, I think that was a big mistake because I think Setting up and packing up in schools is really tiring and if we had a life support team which is helping with our pastoral care and looking after people within the church, that coordinator probably would have picked up earlier that, yes, it was becoming burdensome over months of setting up and packing up in a, in a school hall uh, to run that and they might have been able to have that filter on, that ministry hat on. Uh, as well as the uh, those two ministries, we've also got uh, Berea and community groups Uh, Now, we did start some community groups, but they, interestingly, didn't really connect with our network of community groups as easily as the ones we'd started at Kirrawee. And I think it's because we didn't have a coordinator in the ministry team who was trying to help the different Bible study leaders to connect with other people in other Bible studies. And the Berea team with training, well, again, it's a glaring example, but training is such a part of everything we do, and we weren't training our people as we went. In Wallaware, as we went, so I think because we were fast and furious with getting Wallaware going, <laughs> <laughs> just going to bring that up every time. I'm going to <laughs> try to, but uh, because we did that, uh, we went a bit too quick, I think, and we probably could have slowed down a bit and waited until we had our music sorted, mm-hmm. our youth ministry sorted, and particularly our community groups and our training ministry. But the other one we haven't mentioned yet is our communications team, right? And again, the communications team in our church works with our world ministry. Our world ministry is interested in helping to connect us with our world partners, our indigenous friends out in Western New South Wales and also our friends in Papua New Guinea that we work with. But it's also about local mission and connecting with local people. And the communication team works with the local evangelism in our uh, context really well because the communication team's is working out how do we do podcasts, how do we do uh, our website how do we get our social media going and you know you've been doing a terrific job of that but because we didn't have a communications person on the ground I don't think we were communicating to the suburb as well as we could have.
1: Right and I think also like even you're saying with the school like it, you, you can be a long way from the street for example so that, you know, just communicating that could be a little bit difficult and, but it makes a lot of sense when you're talking about a school being a second place and us going into a second place rather than creating a third place, and I, I hadn't realised that before. So that's that's a really, that's a really good learning, even though it was difficult to have to go go through it. Yeah, and it
0: didn't mean that the church failed. It's just that yeah. one of the things that uh, we'll talk about in in uh, coming weeks, uh, coming podcasts, is that uh, Woolaware remained at about twenty five to thirty. It has been a thriving community in the sense that. There have been some people who've come from the community to join the, the church plant. There have been people who were at Kiraway and not heaps invested at Kirrawee who've become really invested at Woolawee, so that's been terrific. It's been a really lovely, thriving, spiritual um, ministry in that we've been preaching the gospel and growing together, and the discipleship's been great. But because the mission uh, of the church has been hindered by, I think, the school and the lack of young people, and the lack of those other ministries that we just talked about, I think uh, the experiment actually proved to us, I suppose, that
1: what we were thinking about with the shock absorber actually was right, even though <laughs> we right. missed it ourselves. Yeah. So that was quite ironic. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I mean, and it's funny that we're we're speaking as if, like, with all these learnings, that as if it it, it doesn't exist anymore. It does. It does. Um, and yeah. I think that's what's really important is that um, it was an experiment, like you said. And perhaps we had to go through that to learn. Well, this is what we have to do: be aware of when we are doing site. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think I, I just like to say on that too. Yeah, I think
0: I think the other thing I love about Will Aware is yes, the ministry is continuing to go, and that's why I was trying to say that it is really thriving. Yeah. Um, but also, we really long to see more people come to know Jesus, and so our desire to continue to reach out to more people means we just keep looking at what we're doing and then working out. What are the parts that are working? What are the parts that aren't working? And we keep iterating. So within the Woolaware experiment, we're continuing to go, how can we keep adding new resources to that so that it can actually continue? And what did we learn from all of that? And so with that, we've learned a lot. And the community, I love being a part of that community down at Woolaware. Uh, Just as a side note, uh, I've got a real heart for that suburb of Woolaware and I'm still really committed to it as we continue that ministry down uh, in that part of the Shire, because when I was only seven years old, I was part of Willoware Congregational Church. And back in the 70s, the Uniting Church formed, and many congregational churches joined the Uniting Church in Australia. And when the Willoware Congregational Church joined the Uniting Church, they closed Willoware Congregational Church. Right. And as a young kid, I was just in the Sunday school at Willoware Congregational and i've got this really distinct memory of standing on the side of the road as our minister ken and his wife pam drove off with their white van all loaded up with their worldly goods to move to somewhere else and i remember looking at all the people on the side of the road people some people were crying some people were waving and wishing him the best and i remember saying to my mum and dad why are we closing the church down this is like breaking up a family yeah and and i i remember that day thinking to myself that it would be just wonderful if we could start that church again one day because I get sad when churches close and I think it was really exciting to be able to start a church in Wooloware again. So mm-hmm. that was really delightful. But also it's really delightful to think that we can continue to start new works and experiment in new ways and not be afraid of taking a few risks because it was through the risks and through the experiment that we learnt what we weren't doing right but because we were loving each other at Woolaware, we were able to learn within the context of relationship and friendship. And there were moments of frustration and difficulty in that learning experience. But it was also really well led by Jai, I think, and he's a really, really good pastor. And so that that meant that we didn't lose lots of people as we continued to try and work out how to make that work. So I'm really thankful to God for Jai and the Woolaware crew and all the things we've learnt to that. And I'm really excited that we're still going, particularly... Uh, if I could get back in a time machine and tell that little kid <laughs> on the side of the road, "Hey, don't worry, the church will start up again one day in Woolaware." Yeah. I think that would that would be a fun thing. Maybe uh, I've watched too much Back to the Future movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not really Fast and the Furious those ones, but um, <laughs> uh, that's a really beautiful story actually, and um, it's something I didn't know about you, so that's that's really cool. Um, do you want to just fill us in? Like you, you, we, we're talking about how Woolaware is still going. Um, just recently, we've um, kind of. Batten down the hatches and figured out we need to change a few things and um, just gone through a soft relaunch of that. Do you want to fill us in on the details of that and what Joy has been doing? Yeah, well, well, we'll go into some more detail in future podcasts, but
0: over COVID, we had to go to digital for all our gatherings at Saw Revival Church. And we continued to get the Woolaware group to continue to meet and, and record every Sunday. And that kept the continuity going through COVID when we started to come out of COVID, and we're still in COVID, but it's it's lessening its effects at less the moment. Less restrictions. Yeah, yeah, less. And those restrictions started to lessen last year. But when they started to lessen, we thought for a temporary measure, we'd move Woolerware back to Kiriwe because we couldn't go into the school again because of the COVID restrictions in public schools. But when we were able to, um, we were ready to, you know, and we are going really well and thriving during that time having Wooloware back at the Kirawi factory too. But then when we went to relaunch it we thought if the school is holding us back why don't we look into whether there's any other options and again we went back to our friends at Cronulla Anglican and Richard Wendon has moved on since then but we talked to the wardens at Cronulla Anglican and asked if we could rent the hall at Cronulla Anglican instead of um, being at the school and they were incredibly gracious and generous and said yes we can rent you our hall and we've only just had a soft launch of So, Soul Revival has actually is still ministering to Woolware, but it's actually meeting in the Cronulla Hall at uh, St Andrews at uh, Cronulla. And just in the last three weeks, it's been super interesting because that twenty-five people has grown to fifty people in just three weeks. So that's been a fascinating experiment.
1: Yeah, and I think um, one of the things you probably reflect on is that the arts team is stronger. Yeah, and there's more young people going, and that is a that's right. That's actually really helpful. So we took
0: those learnings and that iterative design. We said, well, it was a good thing. We love Woolaware, but the things that we could probably strengthen at Woolaware was music, adding the extra ministry teams that were absent at Woolaware, including the communications team that we talked about and the arts team. And we've got this uh, uh, great opportunity to work with a really awesome young man who's just finished uh, studying music at university and his name's Brad, yep. and Brad is now the new coordinator of music, and so he's also bringing his friends along to that, and so we've got young people coming as well as music and communications and the other service teams as well. So having the the full soul revival experience down at Cronulla I think has helped to strengthen that ministry, and now we're up to that what could be a critical mass of 50 people a week.
1: Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, well, I think that kind of wraps it up for how we planned the fourth gathering and the things that we've learnt from that. Um, guys, if you have any other questions, thank you by the way so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you do have any other questions for Stu or myself, you can email me at joel at shockabsorber But um, next episode, we will probably have a look at what we decided to do after Woolaware, which was um, amazingly we went after doing planting another two gatherings. We <laughs> so did the next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that means that we will, we obviously continue to experiment and That's do right. do different things. Um, but using those learnings that we'd even learnt from Woolawara that we needed more young people and all that kind of stuff so yeah. um, really trying to fall back on our um, principles of the shock absorber but for now guys thank you very much for listening and uh, as we always like to finish with one way yeah one way thank you